0: To my turn podcast a gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings expect news reviews laughs and arguments as we take on games across all genres and platforms i'm jem and today i'm joined by my honorary sibling bestie awesome dude and all-round legend tim hello my <laughs> dear
1: hello. how are you
0: i liked your uh, little mrs doubtfire moment then
1: it was. I didn't know that's where I was going before I started, but it just emerged. <laughs> Hello, dear! <laughs> How are you?
0: I'm alright, mate. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Uh, I've just been on a kind of honeymoon staycation. I got married. Yeah. So you were there.
1: Did you? Yeah, Did you were. I mean,
0: you were there. You were a fundamental part of the, of the occasion. <laughs> Uh, oh <laughs> I mean, yeah, I marry I'll remember
1: it now. It was that. It was that thing at that place.
0: <laughs> it was that, it was that, that and you did
1: the thing, and there was stuff. Yeah, I, I said remember. the
0: I do's. Yeah, you you made a speech and uh, thoroughly roasted <laughs> me. It was great. <laughs> um, yes, I've just been at home because we still can't really go anywhere, but it's been nice to just have an excuse to sit in my pants and um, play computer games with my new spouse.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what I guess that's what spouses do these days. <laughs> <laughs> someone else, someone else can you do, that's it. Still the same. Still the same. Good, uh, good. I'm glad to hear it.
0: Yeah. And how are you, Tim, since I saw you at the wedding last when you were very drunk. As was I though, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Merry
1: times. Well it was it was all very free flowing. Um I'm I'm well. Uh, I actually got uh pinged on, on Monday, which is not Everyone's as exciting as it, it. sounds. <laughs> right? Um You want you want it to be all the grand reopening and uh, the app went you got you gotta self isolate for three days. So today I uh, gagged on a lateral flow and it told me I was okay. It said uh you don't got nothing. I've
0: all been right. double
1: vaxxed. I only went to the co op so um you know pretty sure it's okay but they're they're getting quite sensitive these apps
0: yeah so uh, as a
1: result of which i am still at home playing games (laughs)
0: yeah well i mean if you've been told you have to stay indoors and like here in the uk at the moment the weather although it's summer the weather hasn't been great so you kind of don't mind as much
1: (laughs) sure (laughs) we tried to go to the seaside
0: last week and it just rained on us all day
1: (laughs) oh well my dear this is going to feed very well into my introduction of what i'm talking about so what i was going to say is now we're all supposedly allowed out and it's the summer you can picture yourself going to the beach on a lovely sunny day with an ice cream in hand uh, mr whippy and paddling in the in the sea, and just enjoying all the atmosphere, Um, of course I can't do that, so instead I've got um, an ice cream pale ale beer that I'm drinking, um, which is a delicious substitute for an ice cream, and um, instead of being at the beach and dipping my toes in the water, I have been playing as a man-eating shark who is taking advantage of those toes and chomping down on them and eating all the people, because that, to me, is the better substitute for being at the beach. It's pretending to be a shark eating all those people. That's what I'm going to talk about today.
0: I mean, that got (laughs) dark quite quickly. Um... (laughs) Uh, Look, it's been a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I've also gone for a sea-themed game uh, called Call of the Sea, the game I'm going to review. What's the game you're going to review called, Tim?
1: It's called Man Eater.
0: Apt, not Toe Eater mm-hmm. though. Not Toe Eater.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> Only men as well.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, I'm safe then. I'm good. You're fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've both gone for sort of sea themed game. We're both doing computer games today. So why don't you kick us off Tim, Why don't we get straight into? those troubled waters. So uh, mm. tell us about Manhunter in a nutshell.
1: So <laughs> what Eater. I'll do. I'll tell you about Man, Man Eater. Oh yeah. Whoops <laughs> <laughs> I forgot already. <laughs> Yours is even darker, Manhunter. <laughs> Manhunter that's, um, that's Hannibal Lecter. Okay, True. so Man Eater is an action role-playing game. Um it's developed and published by Tripwire Interactive, who are a US-based company. Um, It was released on uh, Windows and PlayStation 4 and Xbox One uh, in May of 2020. And then, of course, when the new gen consoles for Xbox and PlayStations emerged in November 2020, it was available there. And then just recently, May of this year, it was released for Nintendo Switch. In a nutshell, what it is, is you become, as I've already explained... Uh, A shark who must evolve and survive in this open world setting so that you can take revenge on a fish... I should say that better. You can take revenge on a fisherman who disfigured her as a pup and killed her mother. Yes, it's a story of fishy revenge.
0: Wow. Um, So what were your expectations going into such a game tim
1: um two main expectations one chomp chomp munch munch <laughs> two that i would for several days have hall and eight a- hall and oats and or nelly Furtado stuck in my head both of those Specifically things came which to pass. ones man well man eater <laughs> oh yeah You know, whoa, here she comes. Look out, boy, she'll chew you up. That one. (laughs) Or she's a man-eater, make you work hard, make you But That one. So those two were stuck in my head the entire time I was playing the game. Uh, But the other expectation of Chomp Chomp Munch Munch did come to pass. You'll be pleased to hear.
0: Very nice. Very nice. So when you started playing this game, I mean, you said you evolve. I mean, this is Mm. some fast evolution, right? Because sharks have been around a long time so talk to us about the gameplay as you started getting into it how does it work how does it function
1: yeah so your introduction to it you are actually playing an already evolved near mega shark uh, but you very quickly encounter your arch nemesis scaly pete Who <laughs> is is, <that> his name? <laughs> is his name scaly pete um and <laughs> And he has a, a, a boat called the Cajun Queen, and he is sort of the main figure in a reality show called Man Eaters versus Shark Hunters, which is, you know, very much like sort of deadliest catch territory. Right. And um, he catches you, and you get killed. And uh, you're like, oh, well, that was a pretty short game right Hi. there. But as Scaly Pete slices you open... Oh, no. He discovers that there's a pup inside. <gasps> and he decides that he's going to mark the pup, like, scar it, but oh. then throw it back in the water to uh, get revenge later. Because the the shark that you start out as is actually um, the shark that killed his father he recognises because it had a harpoon stuck in it. You start with a harpoon. So it's a multi-generational revenge saga between shark hunters and man-eaters. And that's where you start in this kind of like revenge saga legacy. So of course you start the game for real as this pup. And you evolve by eating everything around you, gaining nutrients, um, you know, and being able to grow as a shark. You are a bull shark, I should tell you. Bull sharks okay. are notorious for eating anything. They will eat yeah. anything, including each other. It's one of the main reasons why <laughs> you might think wait, shouldn't I be playing as a great white? Because, you know, famously, Jaws, great white, and you, you're getting a lot of Jaws vibes. Oh, from but this they're picky. But it makes more sense because great whites, mostly oceanic, less less attacky, actually. Bull mm-hmm. sharks can actually go into freshwater because they have special glands which hold on the salt. <gasps> and they're coastal sharks, so they're much more likely to be um, in touch with humans regardless of like how aggressive they are anyway. So it makes much more sense for you to be a bull shark. But that's the basis mm. on which you eat everything and you start growing and growing and evolving. There are more complex ways in which you evolve as well, though. Because as you yeah. cause havoc... Um, around the uh, the bays and the coastlines and, and the rivers of, of the environment you're in, you will um gain a sort of notoriety ranking. And as you go up, you have to encounter a boss at each level. And these bosses get kind of like little sassy introductions and they'll come and hunt you down on their, their little skipper boat and uh once you take them out you get a special upgrade so you might end up with like extra bone plated fins or electric teeth or something which can help you progress amongst the more difficult opponents
0: wait 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 this sounded like a little bit of a enhanced reality and then you said electric teeth (laughs) what Mm.
1: (laughs) yeah so this this goes into fantasy
0: pretty quickly right (laughs)
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. So there's, <laughs> there are bits that are more realistic, like kind of slowly creeping out of the shadows to find oh. your prey. It's one of the things, actually, that on re-watching Jaws as a result of playing this game, I was like, what's really great about Jaws is the shark never moves too fast. Even when oh. it jumps out, it's still at a steady speed and you're like, I'm buying that. So you don't go too fast as this, this shark. Yeah. It's a kind of, it's a steady Cruising creep space. and I enjoyed that. <laughs> but where it gets really silly is um, <laughs> you have challenges where not only do you have to eat, you know, um, uh, swordfish and um, uh, other sharks and stuff, but you have to eat people, obviously, otherwise it wouldn't be fun. And sometimes <laughs> you've, you've kind of, you've got the one that was zooming past on a jet ski, you've got the straggling swimmer, but at some point... You need to just go a little bit further onto the land to uh, finish off your tally, and you can get the sort of amphibious upgrade, which allows you to stay out of the water for a bit longer. And you end up just sort of sure. flopping along the beach, like chasing <laughs> these people running away from you. So you it's by far the best sea bit. Lion. Of the game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're sort of half shark, half sea lion, um, and that bit's good fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing! That's so funny. I was going to say as well, like when it even cuts you out of when uh scaly pete cuts you out of your mom's tummy do, do, do sharks come out live are they not eggs
1: they are they are indeed eggs yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's what i was I a to bit like question. okay yes. <laughs>
0: live young i shall brand no, you look through your I end.
1: know. I know the premise of this is that it's a documentary, but it ain't. Okay. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> I know. Really, I just was like,
1: it's okay. really not. But um, um, <laughs> all right. for, for example, one of the uh, one of the gameplay elements is as as long as um, in addition to kind of going around eating creatures and attacking people, there's obviously collectibles, um, and one of the main things of the collectibles is going around collecting license plates which is a Jaws reference uh, a Jaws when reference. they dissect yeah. the, the tiger shark that they misidentify as the man-eater yeah. at the beginning of yeah. the film and they, they get a license plate out of it so there's license plates everywhere for you to go around and chomp down on yeah uh, which is quite fun but some of them are like placed on um, highway bridges above rivers and you have to jump about 50 feet in the air to go and chomp it so there's lots of like so little ridiculous bits and... as well <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. No it dolphins in this so game, fun. though, for some reason.
0: What?
1: It's really silly. So, here's the thing it's very tongue in cheek. The whole mm-hmm. style of it um, is very silly. It's fun to play for a short amount of time, but the gameplay, very repetitive. Because my expectation of chomp, chomp, munch, munch pretty much sums up the entire game. Okay. It's um here here's a powerful enemy, go chomp chomp munch munch on it. That will upgrade you to make you a bit hardier and a bit chompier. So now you can go and chomp someone else. But it means that essentially it's kind of always the same. Right. And even though you have ten different bosses to go through before you finally get to encounter Scaly Pete again, um they're indistinguishable from any other kind of hunters on the boats, really. A couple of times I um I defeated them without even realising I had. I was like, oh, I've got an upgrade and I hadn't noticed I'd killed that boss, which is never a great sign of your boss design, is it?
0: Yeah. So so as you've touched on the slightly more negative aspects of the game, is there anything else that for you was sort of not great about the game?
1: You know, it's it's just the gameplay, um, Mm. which (laughs) you know, it's just a thing, but it's also a big thing. Um, it doesn't lend itself well to being played for a long period of time or repeatedly. Um Fortunately, that's not what it's asking of you. It is a short game.
0: Yeah, how Probably long did it take you to beat?
1: Ten, I, maybe I spent about ten hours on it. It's the kind I think I played like half an hour a day for maybe two weeks. Okay. Something, something along those lines, and that was very, that was a nice, pleasing little distraction. So something you so, could
0: dip in and out of.
1: Mm-hmm. No, a di- dip it. into the cool waters. <laughs> And then jump up thrashing and biting someone's limb off. It's that kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nice. it's really just that the gameplay wasn't um, complex enough to keep you interested in that. The, your interest is entirely on the fun of it. So you obviously yeah. have to be sadistic enough to find it funny to go around terrorising people on beach. Difficult difficulties. Difficult difficulties. Evil robots fuck you in the ear. Difficult difficulties. Uh-oh.
0: So we had a slight technical difficulty, um, but we are back. And Tim, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the positives of this uh, Chomp Chomp Munch Munch game.
1: Yeah, so um, another one of the things I really enjoyed that added to the legitimacy of the silliness um, is that the narrator... (laughs) Of the, um, of the Man Eaters versus Shark Hunters, which narrates your game experience every time you sort of do something or go into a oh, new wow. area. There's a silly made-up commentary. But it's voiced by Chris Parnell, who you may know from um, Archer or Rick and Morty. So they got kind ah. of like a good voice choice to let you know what kind of game you're getting into. So I thought that was a really good thing. Um, I think another thing is... Um, if you're into it there is a sort of environmental message type thing going on to it because as you Mm -hmm. swim around the seas you know initially you're thinking oh I bet this will be really pretty but so much of as you get particularly towards the coast it's just trash and initially kind of some of the references there are quite funny there's lots of film references for instance when you go down into a sewer you kind of turn a corner and then that you get um Pennywise the clown waiting for you oh all nice sorts of, <laughs> yeah yeah there's all sorts of fun film references that go in there but the more you go on the more um kind of examples you get of like toxic pollution in the coastal waters and so forth mm. and actually for bull sharks that's a real thing because they are coastal sharks they're the most susceptible to habitat change and pollution and that sort of stuff so right. if you want to go that far into it it's there. There's something kind of worthy yeah. to it in amongst all the silliness as well. But what I will say, the ocean creatures are actually done, you know, quite nicely. It is calming. If you want to just swim around slowly and watch things move around, oh. uh, there is a sort of calming element to that. And then when you hit the surface, you feel like you're going faster and it's lots of human noise and kind of neon lights and bridges and stuff. So it's kind of they've got a good contrast between being above and below the water. So I liked that aspect of the art as well.
0: That's cool. So when you flop about on the beach, you can actually enjoy some of the cityscapes and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it varies. You've got, I think, about eight different um, environments. So Mm -hmm. some of it is a bit swampier and you will encounter alligators. Um, And then uh, there's a bit that's a bit more of a city and actually one of your main kind of um, apex predators that you have to take on in order to evolve is an orca that has been sort of trapped in a sea world environment and that was Ah. definitely a difficult fight and then you can go a little bit further out to sea and um, even discover um, sperm whale
0: oh wow okay yeah so I was going to say because it is the the initial story is a little bit Moby Dick isn't it this kind of generational um vendetta (laughs) a generation long uh, vendetta is what I should say yeah
1: it absolutely yeah. is yeah the story the story's very Moby Dick via way of Jaws and <laughs> um, the, the family drama gets even more intense as it goes on so I quite liked the way they framed this in the, the filming of the reality show uh Scaly Pete gets more and more obsessed with you so kind of in the, the Moby Dick style mm. um he takes his son Kyle along with him and um <laughs> let's just say it doesn't go well for Kyle, um, Kyle. I, made, I made sure of that but um, Scaly Pete, you know, has already had his arm bitten off by you when you were a pup. And then later on, he gets his leg bitten off by you. And the crew are getting oh. increasingly concerned about Scaly Pete's obsession with wanting to uh, blow you up. And uh, by the time he's got very Wait, few is he, limbs is left. he
0: throwing dynamite in the water, a Jaws?
1: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. There is... <laughs> There are, there are bombs being thrown into the water. There's there's all sorts of special protections coming in at the end. Uh, what I will say is that the finale is explosive, but I won't tell you who comes out on top.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, very nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so some of the uh, baddies or your enemies are also other aquatic creatures, right? So like the orca, for example, because initially I thought it was just you against the humans.
1: Yeah, no, it's, there's an, uh, as you go through the different zones, you get increasing sizes and difficulty of aquatic predators, and in each zone there's an apex version of that which you have to take on in order to be able to evolve further. So it starts from things like barracudas, works up through swordfish, uh, maki, and then great whites and then orca and then oh. sperm whale I think more or less is the order of it. I'll tell you what though what's annoying is even when you are, you do eventually evolve into the mega shark and you are pretty much unbeatable you would hope the real lower level things don't keep attacking you like they'd have some sort of sense oh, yeah. of their own mortality but no no even when I was like the most powerful mega shark you're still kind of wandering through somewhere and a little stupid barracuda will come up and bite you it's just annoying
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is annoying and also st- even more stupid but then you did say it is a silly game so you know they got, the, uh, got to keep the uh they got to keep the low level baddies coming I guess
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm and yeah, is the yeah.
0: combat sort of challenging
1: enough no <laughs> in, a <word. laughs> in a word so it says a combat you can uh chomp you can bite mm-hmm. down on them you could do it repeatedly and some of the kind of evolution buffs you get mean that it has sort of increased damage like shock damage if you've got electric teeth for example mm-hmm. there's another one where you can bite down on them and then shake from side to side. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of thrashing. Um you can also whip your tail. Uh, whip your tail back and forth. Um and, whip your tail, back and forth kind of whip things your tail out, which is useful if you've Yeah, exactly. If you've dodged a powerful enemy, it's a good idea to whip your tail and then turn around and bite him in the butt. Not that fish really have kind of butts to bite, but you know what i mean. No. <laughs> Fish butt.
0: End. The the, the end of the fish. The end part. Top of the tail. Top Mm of
1: the tail. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, exactly.
0: Nice. So, is there anything else of note that you would like to mention about the game?
1: Um, All I'm going to say is that on average, there are four unprovoked fatalities a year from shark attacks, Uh, whereas 20 million sharks are killed through fishing. So um, this is just me getting a bit of revenge on behalf of the Sharks. Don't feel bad about taking down the humans because it doesn't really happen that much in real life. So go for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, you got that um, conservation edge in there, Tim, in the end. Um, Great. Mm -hmm. So who would you recommend this game to?
1: I think it's a bit of casual fun. Uh, particularly in the summer you know now when you maybe don't want to be doing for mm. hours on end or between big games which is why I picked it up or if you've just watched Jaws or any various shark movie of that ilk and you want to see it from the perspective of the shark instead
0: <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because I also just watched Jaws this week I think it just popped up didn't it on Netflix I want to say but, yes. Um, yeah, we also re-watched it this week. So it's quite funny when you said you were playing the shark game. I was like, I just re-watched Jaws. It's great. Yeah. Stands up. It, it was
1: fun going to kind of... It, it's still such a great film. Such particularly the special film. effects. The special yeah. effects are still really good. Um, a couple of things I'd forgotten that made me laugh in that film. One is when Brody just pours himself a pint of wine. <laughs> yeah particularly yeah, particularly enjoyed and related to that moment the other <laughs> thing actually which which made me chuckle is uh, just before uh, jaws actually attacks the boat that they're on um and they start flooding they're all drunk and singing show me the way to go home
0: yeah which is which your is the podcast theme- song <laughs>
1: Yeah, the theme tunes of my podcast are Thinking Drinking. And I was like, oh, yeah, that feels familiar.
0: Um, so if you've just rewatched yours and you want to hear that, <laughs> that again, listen to Tim's <laughs> other podcast, Thinking Drinking. Um, (laughs) yeah I noticed that as well and I was like why do I know this song oh it's from (laughs) Thinking Drinking (laughs) it's so funny Um, but yeah I highly recommend re-watching Jaws if you think because I think I haven't watched it for so long I remembered that I liked it but I didn't remember how good it was as a film Mm, Um, yeah I absolutely loved it but I think uh, that brings us on nicely to your rating of Man eater.
1: Well look, if if it wasn't so much fun and I wasn't such a sadist, it would be a lower score. So beware of that. But <laughs> I'm going to give it a, a 7 out of 10 because I had wow. a great time.
0: Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, and with a nice recommendation of you know what you're getting in for and it is currently on Xbox Game Pass as well, so I guess if you've got that you might as well have a little dip in. Um, again
1: yes no pun intended yeah exactly that's where i played it um game pass on the <laughs> xbox series x um so jem is it time to hear from you uh yeah. what are you going to be talking about
0: uh i'm going to be talking about a game called call of the sea which i also um played on xbox series x uh because it is also popped up on the game pass so um yeah that's what that's what i'm talking about
1: all right so give it to me in a nutshell Right, well the Call game of the
0: Sea is an adventure uh, puzzle, adventure game, uh, first person as well and it's set in the 1930s and you play this kind of quintessential 1930s explorer lady called Nora and you go off to a Pacific island in search of your lost husband but you also have a sickness that's unexplained, and that's the reason your husband disappeared, because he's gone off in search of a cure for your unexplained sickness. Uh, And then you get to this island and it's full of mystery and puzzles, and the game progresses through that. Uh, The game was developed by Out of the Blue Games and published by Raw Fury. Um, It's available on pretty much all the platforms, uh, Windows, PlayStation, Xbox, um, yeah, I don't think that it's on mobile, but it would play quite nicely on mobile, so if they port it, it will be quite good. Um, yeah, and it came out uh, on in 2010, I think, December, not 2010, 2020, I forgot what <laughs> year it is, Tim. 2020, uh, December 2020. Um, yeah, and it came to PlayStation quite recently in May of this year. Um, yeah, so we saw it on the Game Pass and thought, well, oh, let's have a little go of this, because I, I love a puzzle adventure. It's one of my favourite um, game genres.
1: But Gem, should I, should we be reading anything into the fact that you literally just got married and you're already playing a game about losing your husband?
0: Um, no, I mean, he, <laughs> he suggested it, to be fair, and we played it together. <laughs> that's, that's even worse.
1: <laughs> he's, just to, he's just trying to lay the groundwork.
0: It's funny, actually, because we played this and then I immediately played um, Hellblade afterwards. And they're both kind of a leading female in search of or in order, like kind of rescuing their love. So the whole time I was like, I'd go searching for you across the seas, Alex. And he just would just give me a weird side eye glance and um, smirk at me. But I was getting romantic, (laughs) basically with the, the notion of, like, saving my love across mysterious seas in strange lands with lots and lots of puzzles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Heaving seas, heaving puzzles. All <laughs> so what were your expectations for the game then?
0: Um. So this disc- this game is sort of described as a Lovecraftian mystery. So you've got that expectation of it feeling a bit like a a Lovecraft story and it's definitely got it definitely really leans into this sort of 1930s style uh, with the way it looks so even from the poster art and stuff you can kind you kind of feel like okay I know what I'm getting into so I expected it to feel like one of those you know western people exploring strange mysterious foreign islands um, with their journals and notebooks. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what my expectation was. And because I saw that it was a puzzle adventure game, I thought there'd be a lot of uh, code breaking and unlocking things and uncovering mystery through solving different kinds of puzzles.
1: And is that what the gameplay came to be? Did yeah, your basically. Did expectations come yeah. through in that?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it really, I mean, it really, it almost goes ham with leaning into, uh, that sort of, I'm an adventurer called Nora and my husband, Harry has gone missing. And she's got that weird sort of, I think they said she was from Boston, but she's got that weird sort of like a bit English, a bit American accent that Mm -hmm. all the old, the old movies have. And she's like, Harry, why did you go, Harry? Why did you miss me? So it's all a bit like that. So, um yeah it definitely it definitely is a mystery um the way that it looks is really pretty it's quite kind of cartoony but pretty cartoony if that makes sense um the colors are super vibrant um and so it feels like it could be sort of it's like a computer game more vibrant version of like disney's tarzan a bit when you first start playing
1: it right yeah i got it
0: but but then when you get properly into the island and everything it's much more beautiful and layered than that. But yeah, it does have this sort of cartoony feel to it, even though it's all really beautifully rendered. Um Is Phil
1: Collins there or
0: No, sadly not. I mean there's a bit there's a bit of emotive music here and there, but his uh, his wily tones are not um not present. No.
1: Well, obviously you're losing a mark for that then. Um, yeah. So tell us, about what you, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about what you did like about the game.
0: Um, So what I liked about the game were the puzzles. So as soon as you get to this island, which is the last known place uh, that Harry, your husband, was, um, you start exploring things. It's quite nice being first person as well, because often with these kinds of games, it ends up being more of a platformer. Um, but it, it really immerses you into it. It, it. All you can see is your hands. Because your hands are also the thing that's inflicted. So you, have, you wear gloves for most of the game. But you can see these kind of black marks um, on your hands. And this kind of feeds into the mystery. But the puzzles themselves were pretty satisfying. Some of them were quite hard. Which I like because I love a puzzle. Um, and I found them varied enough. And I really liked how they used this idea of technology without electricity. So there was a lot of unexplained power driving it, but in terms of the way they were designed aesthetically, um, there was a lot of kind of stones moving around in cogs and light from the moon triggering things and looking at the stars and using water. So in terms of the inventiveness of the puzzle design and how that fed into the aesthetics, I thought that was really nice and felt appropriate to the time period that it was set in um yeah
1: Mm, nice and did that and did you find that the satisfaction of the puzzles and the puzzles themselves fed well into the narrative like did it push you along in the story as well because a lot of puzzle games I find although I enjoy it can feel like and now you're doing this now
0: well placed with the narrative so the narrative sort of delivered to you in a bit of a strange way so Nora talks to herself throughout the game um so she gives you her thoughts um but also she picks up clues when she lands on the island so she'll pick up pictures she'll pick up discarded maps um journal entries pieces of apparatus that have been discarded weapons things like that so she'll pick these things up and then she reflects on them either verbally or she'll write something in her journal and the journal is a pretty nice um device to have in the game to be fair there's two sides to it so one side is very much a journal but it's a really nice way of recapping where you are in the story so the story itself is just unraveling a mystery of where her husband's gone and the clues he's found about her illness. Um, And then the other part of the journal is uh, where she makes notes which relate to the puzzles that she's faced with. And almost all of the puzzles are about opening a door. Um, So in that sense, they're quite repetitive, but in terms of the actual devices and the way that that door will open, it will they're all very different so it's always she gets to a point in the island and can't progress until she's opened something or revealed something so in that sense they are they are feeding into the story because she's also opening and revealing revealing sorry i can't speak things about herself and her illness and also about her husband's um aims i guess when he arrives at the island uh so she starts to learn more about what he's actually trying to to do and the lengths he's going to go to uh and what happens with his party that he lands on this island with so there's quite a lot of story in there mm. um yeah and and some of the puzzles actually you pick up things that they've started solving so they might have half finished notes about a contraption and then you have to sort of finish the notes off yourself So that's quite nice. That feels like quite a nice, interesting way to approach a puzzle.
1: Mm. Mm. Nice. And is there some stuff that we're not going to be as into that we need to know about?
0: Yeah, I, I would say what is sort of charming about the game also becomes a bit annoying about well not annoying that's not the right word it just tires very quickly so what's charming about the game when you first start is this kind of yeah as I say this sort of setting this sort of 1930s vibe this sort of archetypal adventurous um after a while the dialogue is a little bit hammy um it's a little bit on the nose in terms of how she talks about her love she calls him old pal like it really feels like um a bit of a kind of nod to the great Gatsby. It's like, she's like, Mm. oh, hey, old pal. And every now and again, it's a little bit too sentimental. Um, And then what happens is there's so much information about the other characters that you never meet, in photos, in their kind of backstory that Nora's picking up and reading. But there's no emotional engagement with the other characters really. So that didn't quite work for us. Um and it, and it didn't jar with the puzzles. It was just sort of less interesting than the puzzles, I guess, all of the characterization, the storytelling. Um, and it started really well to the point where you're like, oh, this is going to be a really dark, amazing mystery. And there are sort of magical elements to it. Um, and when that kicks in, you're like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And it gets, it feels a bit like it could be scary as well. But that stuff kind of fizzles out a little bit and it doesn't really commit as hard as you want it to in terms of that level of storytelling. that makes sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, it sure does. So how about who is it for? I mean, you said at the beginning, you know, it promises to be... Lovecraftian do you think Lovecraft fans would be into it regardless or is it for someone else
0: I feel like it's might disappoint a die-hard Lovecraft fan but if you're someone who kind of likes the sort of vibe of Lovecraft but isn't that bothered or doesn't know the stories that well you might just like it for the sort of feel of it it's a bit like you know when you go to a theme park and there'll be like the Egyptian area the Aztec Mm -hmm. area, it's a bit like that. It's like, this is the Lovecraft-style game, but it's not really, it doesn't really go far enough, I don't think, to, yeah, to really give you that sort of true depth of of those stories. But it it gives you a flavour of it, and it's a pleasant, you know, it's a pleasant flavour of it. It feels familiar. Um, But what I would say, though, is while I was playing it, I was like, the one thing that I feel like this game could have done a bit better um and this sort of relates to who it would be for is that it it's a modern game and it promises to sort of offer you something a bit darker and a bit more interesting in terms of the story around the puzzles but what it doesn't do is it doesn't really challenge those archetypal characters so everyone's sort of apart from one character that's referenced who you never meet everyone's sort of like wealthy and white and western Um, And there's Mm. a guide as well. There's a guide who's from a Pacific island as well. But there's still this this kind of vibe of I'm turning up to a foreign land and, oh, a primitive carving and, oh, a tribal picture. And, and, you know, it literally uses those words. And so there is Mm. a bit of that which I found a bit disappointing being that the game is so modern and they had an opportunity to make the character of Nora a bit more interesting, especially with what is then revealed about her as you go through the game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Sounds so, yeah. like it needed to be just a little bit more self aware. Either that or it just needed a good shark.
0: Yeah, it might have needed a good shark to uh, flop about <laughs> on the beach, <laughs> raise the stakes a bit. <laughs> C-
1: Cthulhu's yeah. pet shark. That's what it needed. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. I hear you. Just, just a bit more set. Like, there's nothing wrong with going into that territory, but you need to be self-aware at this point. I think.
0: Yeah. And does old, that lead us? Well, was there anything old, else you want
1: to tell us about the game before we get to? You know, rating the other
0: thing. I was just going to pick up on what you just said because the other thing is it could have gone more like the shark game and really played on the the hamminess and made it. But it, but it sort of takes itself quite seriously. So um, it yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a t- it's a tonal choice, I guess. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think with those sorts of things, even if you're not going to go deeply into what post-colonialism is, all it takes is an extra beat of your sort of, you know, superior white person walking out of the screen and just a sideways glance from everyone else who was there. You know? Yeah. Just like little known <laughs> things that you can go, they had a completely different opinion of them than you did. You know? it's yeah, just, and it's, it's There really are ways to do it that aren't too heavy-handed, but just knowing yeah.
0: Because I think they tried to do it with this one character. I can't remember the character's name. Again, right? Because these these supporting characters, you you meet them through photos and one of them has a grave that you find and things like that. But you don't really meet them, meet them. And one of them is black. But you find that out because there's a letter that you pick up which says he didn't get accepted to university because he's black. And the one line of dialogue goes, oh, that's terrible. It's like... Okay, <laughs> but that's not what, really what... Like, the, the more... The kind of gaping sort of hole in that is that she's in a Polynesian... Not Polynesian, sorry, Pacific Island with all this other kind of culture and that is just sort of ignored, you know what I mean? It's like... Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's trying to nod somewhere but does misses the thing that it's actually rooted in. Um, yeah, but, but that's only a mi- I mean, it's a minor point but it's one that stood out to me, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, give me some numbers.
0: Oh, wait, did I recommend it? Uh, yeah,
1: well, you said who you thought it was for.
0: No. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to recommend it, though, because I don't think I, re- I said who I'd recommend it to. Um, oh, okay. I, oh so I, 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 I asked. Yeah, no, I, I got sidetracked <laughs> with um, storytelling and Love post-colonialism. Graf. Yeah, go on. Um, no, I think <laughs> that I would recommend this game to people who like puzzle games, um especially if you've got an Xbox and Xbox Game Pass because the puzzles are like genuinely quite fun. Um, and so, yeah, although I might say some things and rate it in a way that might make you think well, maybe it's not a great game. I would say that it's really enjoyable. And as someone who likes puzzle games, it's not a very long game. I think it's about four hours long. It's split into like six chapters. So it's not very long. Um, It was a really nice game to play with someone else as well because the puzzles are of the type that, a bit like a magic eye picture, you can look at it for ages and not see the obvious thing. But if you play it with someone else, you can sort of collaboratively see the bigger picture, if that makes sense. So I would really recommend this game to people who do like puzzle games. Um, Yeah, and definitely if you're living with someone else, try and play it together like we did because it was pretty fun doing that.
1: Thanks, Jam. As someone who um, lives alone and can't do magic eye pictures, uh, I might give it a pass. Um, oh, no. So, so, so num- numbers. No, I, no, I, I will do it. It is actually on my list to play. I will be playing it, despite all that. Yeah, it's pretty, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll it. I know enjoy what you're it. saying. I just can't, I literally can't do magic eyes. I have I have too much astigmatism in my left eye, does Oh, matter.
0: right. Yeah, I mean, it's What's not literally like a magic eye. Um, no, so, I'm probably going to give it, oh, it's, it's a tough one. Probably like a six and a half. All right. Yeah. But it but that's what I mean. That's why I wanted to sort of caveat it by saying I do really recommend it, though, because it was really fun. It's just mm-hmm. the story sort of lets it down. Um,
1: you know, I, but I'm, I'm sort of with you on these recommendations, right, because... Like I say, I really enjoyed playing the game I played, but mm. it was nowhere near <laughs> being an eight or a Oh, yeah. You don't always want to play 10 out of 10 no, games. You no, need no, a bit no, of trash no, no, sometimes yeah. or something different, different flavours.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, and the stakes don't feel too high and when you get something right, you're like, yeah, or when you chomp the side of the boat, yeah, why not?
1: Mm-hmm. I've just realised not only is my beer ice cream, hey, mm. it's from Croatia, which is very coastal.
0: Yeah, the, most so I've, of it is um, coast,
1: yeah. I've, I've doubled up on the um, appropriateness of it. Just wanted to point that out before we finished.
0: No, That's, that's quite all right, Tim. Um, <laughs> um, is it also a bit fishy? No. Oh. No, thankfully not. No. I mean, it could be fishy without having fish in it. Do you no. ever get a tomato it's... and then it's a bit fishy? Have you ever had that?
1: Can't say I have. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes really i eat nice.
0: tomato and i'm like why is it fishy it's literally not come from anywhere near the sea anyway we digress <laughs> and this is the kind of content that you're joining us for my temple podcast listeners <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um i think that that brings us neatly to the end of this episode of my turn podcast tim are you going to see anytime soon
1: um no uh the, <laughs> the i have actually booked a little getaway for a few weeks time but it's york which is okay. quite far from the sea but i am looking forward to putting into practice all the stuff i learned from playing assassin's creed valhalla
0: Oh. Because I learned a lot about
1: Vikings. And if I, I'm going to go to the Jorvik,
0: mm-hmm. and I'm just
1: going to walk around and go, I knew that. I knew that. I knew that for the whole time. Are you game. going
0: to climb to the top of the cathedral and yes. dive into a hay bale?
1: Yes. Yes, I am.
0: Good. That's all we needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's been lovely talking to you tim and thank you listeners for joining us for this latest episode of my turn podcast we'll be back with more reviews for you very very soon um so that's goodbye from me Jen.
1: and it's goodbye from Dana. dunna i'd better go <laughs>
0: Thanks very much, Uh, and we will—you will hear us, in fact, next time. Goodbye.